3: For our football podcast, not a preview, sort of a preview, right Matt? We've done all 12 teams, but our uh, giant preview before the season starts and to go back and make any, I don't want to say corrections, but updated thoughts on teams
2: since when did we start doing our first team of Nevada, like back in May? Well, I mean, if you're talking like, you know, 12 weeks plus like some time off for travel and other random things like that. Um, you know, at least three months, which put us all the way back in May.
1: Yeah.
3: So MWR.com is our website. So if you missed any of those, I'd still say they're still pretty good. They're just, uh, there's always a couple of things here and there. but Like I say, from last year or the year before, maybe it was last year, I think, before I knew what was going on. Not a Donald Hamid situation to massively change any of our previews or predictions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good thing. That means nobody got suspended. Nobody's off the team. No major injuries or anything have that happened. That's always a good thing, but this show we kind of go over a big picture have some fun, make like make changes, which you write yourself in pen. I do not typically, so i made one change, so not many to kind of we'll go through some fun stuff, some news that's been going on, and then I guess make our glorious predictions, I guess it's we for right, fingers crossed
2: yeah <laughs> although although I feel like I've been saying this throughout every team preview. This is the hardest prediction I think I've ever had to make, and I've been doing this for uh, how many? How long have we been doing this podcast for now? A while, a while. Like, and with with all, all of the production coming back, it's like extremely hard to predict. So, you know, one hundred percent guaranteed wrong or your money back?
3: Is this do you ever really go bold and stupid and lean into it?
2: <laughs> it's just you know, you you kind of have to kind of you know stake your claim hope it works out for the best, hope that teams end up beating up on each other some ways you might expect, some ways you probably won't. And, you know, any number of things could happen, and I don't know that I would be terribly surprised coming into 2021. Uh, The only thing
3: that would surprise me is if UNLV wins the West Division. (laughs) Is that about the only big surprise? Or it's like a UNLV New Mexico title game, correct? Something like that?
2: Yeah, UNLV, UNLV is plus 25,000, according to Bet MGM as of about a week and a half ago, a couple of weeks ago. For conference or national title? No, to win the conference title. Oh, man. better 100 to win taking- 25,000.
3: <laughs> Should I put that on there when I go down in a couple days, possibly, to Nevada?
2: <laughs> that just makes me want to look up you know, what, what Fresno State's odds were to win the West back in 2014.
3: Oh man,
2: that was that was the year they it's went like,
3: six and eight. Uh, <laughs> well, it's also like you say the uh, from the office when Kevin's like anybody gets you ten thousand to one, you got to do it no matter what.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's not quite ten thousand to one, now, so you don't have to do this one. Oh, good, okay, I'll have
3: to. Okay, um, all right, that's good. We'll get to all that fun stuff too. We'll let's do our predictions for the very end, even though I put them at the top of our document. We'll kind of adjust that as we go. And I do like they sure. put the odds in there too. so That's nice. Um so I guess the news we have going on, one of the big news, somebody put in our on Twitter we asked for like, hey, send comments, thoughts, and I must have missed this, because we're busy. We'll start with Nevada, because I, like, I like Nevada. They're a team I, if you've listened to this podcast at all since December, you know where I stand on the Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. I like them quite a bit. And I forgot he had that knee issue or knee injury, but apparently it's been having issues in fall camp, where not to be graphic, but I guess it was bleeding a lot and they had to drain it from his knee. He had surgery on the off season, and the same one in high school. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he'll play week one versus Cal, but it also seems like he may not be fully ready to play versus Cal.
2: Yeah, that might be interesting insofar as, as during Justin Wilcox's tenure, and we talked about this during the Wolfpack preview, but they've generally been known more for their defense than for their offense. And so... You know, in the event that, that Carson Strong is somewhat less than 100%, you know, even with all the talent around him, it sort of makes you wonder, well, okay, how well is that offense going to, to kind of mesh against what figures to be a, a solid, if not better, Cal defense? And is Tim Ruder still the DC there, Cal? No, no. He left for uh, for Oregon.
3: But That's what I thought. Okay, I knew he's still in the Pac-12 North. So, like, with this, like, this game – I think it's, like, a, a slight favorite for Nevada. But then again, if, like, Carson Strong can't really play, they have their giant 6'9 backup quarterback who could be in there. But Nate Cox, yeah. That's right. Nate Cox there. But it's a – I don't know. it's or How concerned are you or how concerned are Nevada fans? This game is in a week and a half. We're recording this, what, August 19th. They're, the Cal, the Nevada team's actually at Palo Alto to do all the freaking smoke out west. Mm-hmm. They went out there to try and get to higher ground or get away from all those fires. So I guess it sounds like they're coming back and then go again. They're not staying through whatever the first week of classes or the first mm. game. But like it's ten. It's basically a week and a half away. Does this make give you pause to like? They've wasn't a strong favorite anyways to win the game, but does make you pause if he doesn't play because Carson Strong would probably be a first round quarterback drafted next year.
2: I mean, I guess it really depends on the lens you choose to use. Like if I'm taking sort of the bird's eye view. Given everything around them, like I'm, I'm tempted to say like on a scale of one to 10 is maybe like a three would be my concern level. But I think it makes it that much harder for them to be the kind of, you know, you know dark horse, New Year's six bowl type team that, you know, certain people out there think that they could be. <clears throat> yes. Right here next to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you yeah, know, I think by that measure, you know, if you if like if your expectations are through the roof, then you know anything less than the team's best out the gate, you know, as far as health is concerned, is going to make that journey, you know, week to week, more perilous than it otherwise would be. Like it's hard to go undefeated even when things go right. Mm-hmm. So like when things look like they might go wrong at the onset, you know, I think Nevada's still got plenty of talent to survive, especially like, as a team like Cal. Like Cal's not what you would call the elite of the Pac-12. Like, if they, if they were <laughs> if they were facing off against, like, an Oregon or a Washington or, or something like that, I think I'd be more concerned. Like, Cal's not a pushover, but I think that even if Cox ended up spending more time under center than anybody would want at first blush, I think they could probably survive without him. But I think the longer it lingers, the more concerned, I think, Wolfpack fans would rightly feel. So you're
3: telling me a 13 to 10 Nevada win won't do much for the pollsters to move them up.
2: Well, um, I mean, I I guess, again, I think it depends because, you know, if (laughs) if they hold a Cal to 10 points, I think that that says a lot for, you know, a Wolfpack defense that maybe doesn't get its, its due as a team that, you know, with a first year coordinator last year took a big step forward. Um, and they're bringing back – they're only having to replace a couple of key contributors. They've got, you know, one of the better cornerbacks in the conference in Burdell Robbins. You know, they've got a, a solid linebacker unit led by Lawson Hall. They have, you know, a, one of the deeper defensive lines in the conference, you know, Sam Hammond, Don Peterson. So I think, you know, in, in a situation where they can hold serve with a low-scoring game, like, I think – you know, you, I think, yeah, maybe Wolfpack fans would want to score like thirty a game, but in the event that they show they can win a low-scoring game, that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world to prove that you can win in more than one way.
3: I don't know if they want to get the get the hype out there. There, as of right now, I'm over at um. I don't have well, I should have been at MGM, but I'm looking from other places. Basically, Cal's now three and a half point favorite, which and, and but the final score and that the, game the, is in Berkeley. Berkeley, right? Yeah, yeah, in Berkeley. That's why. So, I they're, so they're, they're more or less dead game.
1: even. Yeah, but then you. So,
3: but if they want to get like, but like looking at Cal's offense, actually they're near the bottom of the country in yards per play, yards per game, and all that type of stuff, and then points per game. I thought I had it here. They were 110th only scoring 20 points a game last year. Again, mm-hmm. also four games, so it's hard to take from that, but. The past couple of years, your offense hasn't been amazing. Like they twenty twenty-one points in nineteen, in eighteen twenty-one points. Twenty-seventeen was better, twenty-seven points. Yeah. Like, the past years, outside, going back to twenty-sixteen, we they scored thirty-seven points a game. Thirty-seven point thirty-seven points per game. Excuse me. They're not moving the ball, so I don't even when we think about his defense, which just will be solid, not amazing, but good. I just it all for me, it all comes on Carson Strong because if they want to get respect
1: and maybe. Team by at least two touchdowns,
3: mm-hmm. and if Carson Strong's not fully healthy, like they can rely on Toa Tala, but they have another receiver Elijah Cooks back. Obviously, Cole Turner, Romeo Dubs. But my concern level is kind of heightened, partly because of how how high I think they could be. But it's it's it's, it's a knee thing. He's dealt with it before. He still has ten days of his swelling. It just happened a couple of days ago, so it's like it's just something to look out for. Yeah. All right, so let's go to Air Force. You have, you, we there's a couple of things for the Falcons. First off, is it, are they just crowned the Uniform Kings forever now? Because of what
2: they just released? Um, I mean, if we're talking alternate uniforms, absolutely, right? Nobody does it better than them.
3: They're by far, well, there's some other good ones out there, but they're always coming up with something that's way different, not just a different color, a different tint, or a different tinge or helmet size, helmet or mm-hmm. whatever. They made, they need to release these for the Game vs. Navy, correct?
2: Uh Yes, I believe so.
3: Do they have a name for it? I didn't see a name, but it's what they're actually called. They just said it America's uh, Heavyweight of the Sky.
2: I've seen them refer to it as Linebacker 2, because, you know, the, the uniform is an homage to the B-52 Strata Fortress, if I'm not mistaken, which they call it like the, wow, oh, what was the tagline they used in the video? I'm trying to remember it. It was like the like the Fortress in the Sky or something like that. It's like a oh, no, they are the plane. Yeah, the Heavyweights of the Sky. Yeah. And so... It's definitely a much different kind of look than like you know the the red tails look that got a lot of a lot of hype a couple of years ago and things awesome like that. Amazing. But it also fits right in with just like you know they've been doing this what five or six times now and not a single one of them has missed.
3: They are like again you have good alternates like I love Colorado State's orange Aggie orange that's always a great one, but this is always just so different, unique, and also very specific to something within the academy. Mm-hmm. And that's the winner. But also some news that it's sort of official, but not really, based on hotel bookings. But that Air Force Navy game on September 11th in Indianapolis seems to be, even though it's a CBS over the air game, might be where college game day is going. That would be a pretty big deal for them.
2: I thought that that was official.
3: I don't think it's official. I can okay, double
2: maybe, maybe it isn't.
3: I did read somewhere partly because it's here's why I think it's more official than not because they're like, oh, it's based on hotel bookings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that game's. Only, what, week two of the season, right? September 11th? Yeah. Uh, It's early enough. Week two, yeah. Yeah, it's super early for Game Day because Game Day typically – the reason why I think it's going to happen, like, oh, they book hotel rooms all the time. You're telling me they're booking hotel rooms for week 10 already? No, they're not doing that. Mm -hmm. They might do it two weeks before. And if we look at – I should probably pull up week two schedule. But would it be September 11th and Academy's playing – and usually that's a better, well, for most of a while, it's been a better game than Army-Navy. If you mm-hmm. think about that, field, so for the most part, Army's been getting better. But this game, I mean, we said, what, two years ago, where was that four, it was like 90 points where it's back-to-back, scores every single position in the second half. Oh, yeah. I, remember, I think Air Force just stopped, got stopped once or ran out of time the first half, and they couldn't score. And so that's <laughs> mm-hmm. by the end of the blue But like this game, if it goes, it'd be one of the few times you have a Mountain West team in the – uh the game day, but it makes the most sense. It is just because it's on CBS doesn't mean it's going to be. It does because they've done it before. With the Mountain West West CBS Sports Network, like TCU Utah back in the day when mm-hmm. TCU just crushed them, or a BYU game, or I don't, I don't remember. They probably came a couple times when it's been a mix or mash when they were on ESPN. But looking at week two real quick, like any of the games out there, I'm like looking overall really quick. Obviously Air Force Navy. It's an early game. Like you are not doing Kansas Coastal Carolina. That's nothing. It's like. Looking through, the only other game which would make a ton of sense would be Ohio State and Oregon, but do they want to do that with Fox being there too? Probably not. Probably not. It's kind of crowded. That's not that they're giving up on that, but it's just like a, it's, I could say it's not their game, but that's going to be like the biggest game out there. Besides that, there's nothing that really entices me, like Florida, South Florida, whatever. Rutgers, Syracuse, never. That's like the only game out there. That's kind of there could be like Cal, TCU, yeah. But with the significance, of what's going on? The only other option would be like Iowa, Iowa State would be pretty big, pretty big deal. So it's like maybe two or three options. Mm-hmm. But they always pick like schools all the time. It's like why not go to this one? And it seems likely it's gonna be the case. Not a pretty big deal. Get some publicity for that type of game. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a also a regular CBS game. But Air Force and Navy that game. Right after I go to the game, now it's only $68 to get in over at Annapolis Stadium. Only? Oh
2: yeah, that's not bad. You think that's too that's, much? That's for a single game? For a single college football <laughs> game? At Navy, of all places? Yeah, that's expensive. <laughs> okay, but it's also Navy Air Force. I mean, you, like the last time I went to a Fresno State game, I think I paid like 20, 25 bucks for my seat. Who
3: were they playing? S- S-
2: they were playing Boise State.
3: Oh, interesting. Okay.
2: But so, so think. that, that's the template that I'm working off of. Other people might have different schemas. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge anybody for paying for that. I don't think, I'll, I'll say it's not overpriced. I'm not saying it's
3: cheap, but it's not. Oh, no, price. no. Yeah. Because, just for reference, I'm looking at week two, Iowa State, 227 get in price. Mm. All right. But then you have, oh. I looked at, sorry, I was gonna say Clemson, South Carolina, but South Carolina State, Clemson. Mm. <laughs> it's only $12. But I guess for reference, Florida, South Florida is $36, so. Well, there you it's go. A, it's, not, it's not cheap, but it's not outrageous. It's be fun. It's a
2: big level. Been, that's that's the expense you're paying for.
3: Yeah, and I've been to that campus multiple times in New- not in the stadium, but seen outside. Know, so it's a nice place to be. a Nice place to hang out. Indianapolis is a great city. So, going yeah. to that. Here's the thing I would say: South Carolina, East Carolina. I'm not paying fifty-seven dollars to see that trash.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's not a good one to see. All right, so let's get just some any other Air Force news. Or is that all we got right now? Basically, I think that's
0: pretty much it for right now. Yeah.
3: Okay, go, I guess I'll go in order. Terry Wilson, New Mexico. Not a shock.
2: Sort of a foregone conclusion, yeah. So, so
3: let me ask you this. We had the video that Mountain West put out. How I thought it said West Division, but the way it was re when I looked at it, it made it seem like West Division, or even though they're not in West Division, so my mind is being stupid anyways thinking about it. Was he really voted the fifth best quarterback?
2: I mean, I think the, the the reason why people would be surprised like that is if you never paid attention to Kentucky football, which you know granted, if you're spending most of your time paying attention to the mountain West, you could be forgiven for that because it's it's not like But
3: I, did, well, of- I didn't feel an enterprise. I, I have well I know both of what he's done I'm still surprised at how many good quarterbacks are
2: in this conference yeah, that's what I mean but like but like to me, no, it's not a shock that he's a top five guy out the gate just by virtue of what he has done in his collegiate career.
3: Yeah. I don't know, man. You got Carson Strong, Shavon Cordero, Jay Kaner, um and there's other guy, hold on. You got Nick, Nick Star- Starkle. There um whoever's <laughs> the- at liar. Yeah, I'm like he's no way he's top five. Like even Logan Bonner I might put him above him.
2: That that's crazy talk though.
3: You think it's crazy?
2: I do. I said maybe. I, I mean, I the, the question—the question with Terry Wilson is whether or not he can stay healthy. You know, we, I know that we definitely talked about that on the on the New Mexico yeah. podcast in particular. But I think you know, given the fact that like he's been a proven winner, if nothing else, and an in a, an efficient quarterback, you know, he can make all the throws. You know, he's he's an, a fairly accurate quarterback, and he competed in the toughest conference anywhere in America. And so I think that the fact that he was willing to choose New Mexico as a grad transfer is sort of a cue for that program. And, you know, I I put it out there when we talked about the Lobos a couple weeks ago that he could be the best quarterback since blank. And, you know, nobody gave me a straight answer as to like who that would be. And so I think like, like, dude,
3: I could walk over
2: that bar. I'm just saying that's the lowest bar possible. Well, that's it what i are saying. Like, I think summer. I think he's going to give that offense and that, that team, by extension, a real shot in the arm. They're going to be really interesting to watch this year. Oh,
3: but I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying like, to, just because he's going to start and did well doesn't mean he's a top-five quarterback. There has to be talent around him as well.
2: But I think that there is. And I think we talked about that already. Yeah, not not to be a top-five quarterback. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Wrong, we'll see. Say- I'm bullish. I'm bullish. That's what I'll say.
3: That's fine. However, you are correct in half these times, and you are bullish on teams that go go your way mostly. So maybe on the wrong side here, but I just don't, I just don't see it. Like I know he did Kentucky. He beat Florida. Everybody, sure Brandon knows that they went 10 wins, top 10, or not top 10, were the 11th or 12th? Won their Citrus Bowl. Had the knee injury, got pushed out a bit. New staff, things changed there. But I, it's hard for me to say the Mexican quarterback's could be that good, based on
2: history. Even though I know that's just because we've never seen it. Or, or rarely seen it. I know, but I, I I hear you. I'm just saying. I just don't. I'm not preseason wise.
3: There's no way I'd put a claim on that. And whoever voted that too, I'm like I I don't. No, I don't think so. You think he's number five, number four or five? Is he better I mean, than I Jackson, think Bachmeyer.
2: I think he's got a pretty good case. Yeah. Better than
3: Chevon Cordero.
2: Hmm. That's a tough one because I think – because, I I mean, they're not the same kind of quarterback, but I think for what I would imagine that Hawaii and New Mexico envision for their offenses, that what they can contribute is largely the same. I think the difference between the two is Wilson's been doing it a little bit longer.
3: Sean Chambers or him? Because I'd put Chambers above him.
2: Chambers hasn't been healthy. He's had exactly one year combined worth of starts.
3: Okay. I – we can your guys don't buy it. I just don't oh, think that's Okay,
2: well, we'll see who's right in December, I guess.
3: I guess I better put a star next to that mark. That huh. right there along. you go. All right, then let's get a more quarterback talk, which is hilarious, coming from Colorado State. Um, Even though one of my bullet predictions is kind of weird, I think, maybe it changed, I don't recall. Um, I thought it was basically confirmed that it was tenure the quarterback. More or less. I like this guy. It's also uh, obviously it's a Boston College transfer, so no shock there. Uh, but Matt Matt Velasi, I guess it is, mm-hmm. is still clamoring or claiming he's fighting for the starting job. How I do I, I, I
2: think honestly, yeah. I think the Coloradoan and I, I, I think they're just kind of digging for narratives and, and a team yeah. that is more or less set in what it wants to do.
3: <laughs> I get like I came here to compete for the starting job. I'm going to every day. It's I get it. the season's coming up. There's not practice is probably not open as much. But he's only he played six games in one season. Didn't even play a full year. Three seven passes. (laughs) I just find it hilarious that that's the case that that's going on. Okay, so more quarterback news because I like the quarterbacks, man. Because I'm an offensive guy here. Mm -hmm. Uh, San Diego State has no clue who the quarterback is. And um, well, less to be desired, right? Mm Hmm. Um, so they have three guys. So they had a scrimmage the other day. They're trying to figure out who the quarterback is, and that's a huge concern. Three quarterbacks, week and a half before they have their opener. They don't play week zero, do they? Yeah. No, so. so. they're getting close to, there's a little bit of time. They have your scrimmage, and they have three guys. Lucas Johnson, who I'm a fan of, for what he did versus Nevada. You have a uh, transfer, Jalen Maiden, and also Jordan Brookshire, who we've seen
2: a little bit, and you liked them a lot versus BYU. Yeah, I mean he held his own in that game, and I think that was the most extended action that we saw from him. He was sort of forced into action against both Colorado and Colorado State. But you know that that game against the Cougars in particular, I think, is sort of interesting because you know yeah the Aztecs lost that game, but I wouldn't say Brookshire, Brookshire excuse me was the reason why they lost that game. Like he completed two thirds of his passes. You know, he had, you know, almost seven and a half yards per attempt in that game. And so I think he flashed potential in the same way that Johnson flashed potential, which sort of makes me wonder whether or not everybody on the outside, like you and I, are sort of looking overlooking Maiden in particular, just because we haven't seen him on the field before, really. Like, he didn't really play at Mississippi State, and we don't know what he's going to bring to the table yeah and, and I think it's sort of clear that all three of these quarterbacks share a certain kind of level of athleticism, and I think what they're trying to do in the fall camp is they're trying to marry that with the same kind of like yeah you know, i hate to, I hate to use the term like game manager, but that's sort of what we've mm-hmm. seen a lot of from from the Aztecs in the past and you know we've I think we've seen a lot more of the forward than the latter out of out of all three guys or at least that's what the reports have been throughout the spring and the fall. I think they're just waiting for that guy who's going to kind of Take command of the offense as a whole while not necessarily needing to like transcend the entire offense or like be like a a huge playmaker. I think they're just looking for a guy who can kind of hold things down and be efficient, if nothing else.
3: Yeah, be Christian Chapman, right? Just something like that.
2: Christian Chapman would move a little bit more.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also one thing during the last scrimmage is Jordan, um, Brookshire, who got the first, when talking about quarterbacks, Brady Hoke, that's the first thing he mentioned. Yeah. And so that's probably gives a little bit of it away. But also what's interesting the scrimmage, well, first off, they said they're, they're fine with where the quarterbacks are at. They just do it in a couple of days. And his article was written on the 16th, so it's been a couple of days since that's been posted. Probably end of the week, there might be some ID, at least internally. But here's yeah. what's interesting. They did, they did a 100 play scrimmage. The only quarterbacks who do like three or four plays at a time. Hmm. How can you actually figure out who's good if you're not giving them a full drive or a full control of the offense? Because three plays here, okay. What if what if two of them are running plays? You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're kind of out of luck of showing. So that was kind of weird that they said they only did a handful of plays at a time. Figure give them at least go per drive maybe, and 100 plays. That's plenty of. I mean, that's a lot of drives you can have, a lot of options you can do. You rotate every 10 plays or something. I don't know why that's the case. But Lucas Johnson does have the injury concern, but I'll say this. I'll make a bold – can I make – spread off one of our footage bold and stupid pixels here right now? Maybe sure. bold and stupid. Go for if it. Lucas Johnson – this goes against you, so this is a personal shot team out, so be, be prepared. Oh, okay. If, All right. If, if Lucas
2: Johnson starts, he'll be better than Terry Wilson. Okay. I don't think you're right about that, but, but, again, we'll see in December. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Am I putting too much on two quarters versus Nevada? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't think that's too far fetched, honestly. For where he moves and what he did, and if Greg Bell's healthy too, and they can find the receivers, I, he that also means me kind of putting Wilson down a bit more. But I, but mostly what we want them to be, obviously, like you said, be more of a don't turn the ball over, go like ten of seventeen for like a hundred ninety yards and like a touchdown or two, yeah, and no interceptions, or maybe one every, like maybe for a season, have maybe average one a game, like. Maybe maybe ten picks all year, something like mm-hmm. that for a twelve game season. So, this it's it's an interesting one to watch because not that it matters too much, but it matters as more as who's smarter with the ball than who is really good. I think because you don't want to not that there'll be a Cole McDonald like the guy who shoves through a tight window, but for this offense, you don't they don't need a guy to make plays on their own. They don't basically they're not going to ask their quarterback to win the game. They're basically saying don't lose it and make smart plays. Yeah. And. But it's all like you mentioned before, they're all fairly athletic a little bit. That could bring a little bit of dimension differently than what they've had before and could just help out overall. Exactly. Any other teams, news that we need to get to, really? Anything else that's kind of out there that you've been
2: watching or looking at? I think that's pretty much it for right now. She and Boise State, because Jack Sears missed a little bit of practice time? Yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't really concern me, because I've always thought that Bachmeyer would be the starter all along. Jimmy both, okay. So you're not concerned at oh, all, that's
3: good to know. That's kind of how I felt. am like, yeah, Jack Sears may do it, but um, we'll see. The open-up was UCS. So that'll be interesting to see. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, Utah State, nothing. State same mm-hmm. subscriber could be the all-time NCAA returner for touchdowns if he gets two, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Utah State gets to go up against um, Nick who is basically pulling a Marshawn Lynch about talking to the media today about state, um, basically following health guidelines in the state of Washington. So,
2: mm-hmm. we'll... See how that goes, right? Yeah, good good luck with that, Rolo, I guess.
3: He's like, off all the mandates. Uh, the mandate says you get vaccination. Well, he never said he get it. He said, uh, off all the mandates. I'm like, he is such a buffoon. Just yeah. for he's a good, But it's like, not to go off, but they play test State, which uh, I think our buddy, how oh, shoot, is it Sam that's going to the game, I think, said? Shoot, I apologize. I so,
1: yeah.
3: Yeah. At least they intend to the w- wazoo, where it's like you have to be vaccinated or have a uh, – I guess, COVID negative within, like, a couple days. But, well, didn't go to the media days because he didn't want to get vaccinated. Half his coaches have to wear his mask. He's willing to maybe lose his $3 million a year job because he could be fired if he doesn't follow state guidelines since he's a state employee. It's like, it's not that hard, coach. Yeah. I don't mean, know. I mean, see now on Twitter being a, a jerk off and stuff like that. I'm like, what are you guys doing? It's like, if you have more people who are ready to go, like, but handful of teams, like, 90-plus percent, 95% percent chance vaccinated. It's like, you're not going to odds of you getting it are less, even though people can't get it. Odds of you forfeiting are far less if more people are vaccinated than not, because your chances of getting it are already limited as it is, so it's like... Should we go to one of my biggest surprises? Utah State upsets Washington State. I'll start there. They're okay. going to beat what's predicted last in the Pac-12 North. I'm going to do it. They're going to beat Palm and get their first ever... Or not Well, yeah, first ever road P5 victory. I think that's what it is.
2: That sounds reasonable. That, uh, that's not bold? <laughs> The ball? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it depends in part on how big of a rebound you expect from the Aggies, and it also depends in part on like how long you think it'll take the Cougars to like get things together, because like they're still trying to figure out their quarterback situation up there in Pullman. You know, it's uh, Jared Guartano or Jaden Delora, or I think they've got another guy whose name escapes me at the moment, uh, Cameron Cooper, I believe. I forget. Um, yeah. Yes. So, and it's not, and and I think their leading receiver is also out for the year at this point, too. I can't remember if that was the all the, the the case when we talked about the Aggies more at length uh, in that team preview. Um, So, it's definitely still like a rebuild that is very much in progress. So, you know, without knowing what the betting line would be, like, it, th- that outcome wouldn't necessarily shock me. But it's sort of part and parcel with one of the surprises that I think is going to happen this year which if you listen to our Utah State podcast, you probably already know this already. Uh, but I think the Aggies are going bowling this year. Ooh. It's a big one.
3: Uh, really quick, back to what we're pointing forward. I went over to kookcenter.com, which it's good stuff for Washington State. Basically, it's still like a three-quarterback battle. Jaden DeLora, Cameron Cooper, also four people, Jerry like you mentioned, grad transfer, but also potential walk-on quarterback Victor Gabelias is in the mix too. Okay,
2: Okay. So, that's not looking good, right? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's not the greatest situation, no.
3: Cause also during Monday's practice, um, Gladius and DeLoyer were the only two participants with the first and second team offense. Okay. So, so if your walk-on's gonna come and get this job over grad transfer and stuff like that, that's a
2: problem. That's hilarious.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're
2: talking about. That'd be hilarious. <laughs>
3: okay. They're almost at the quarterback position there that's with the true. guys. Because a lot like, oh, man. So maybe it's not a big thing. But you think Aggies are going bowling. That's one of your big surprises this year? Yeah. What's your kind of reason behind that? To let people who haven't heard before about the interest level, because we both think the Aggies have the chance to be very interesting, even if maybe not really good. More interesting than good, but we'll see.
2: In sum, I mean, I think the offense is going to be significantly better than it was last year when it was more or less dead on arrival. Um even if there are some, some wrinkles to be ironed out with a ground game in particular, like I don't know that I'm entirely sold on any one of the guys in, in the backfield being kind of like the lead, you know, belt cow type back that we've seen out of like, you know, Jalen Warren and Kerwin Williams and stuff like that in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Logan Bonner gives the passing game a lot of instant credibility. And I think, you know, a lot of the guys around him will benefit from having a quarterback who, knows the head coach, knows the offensive system and can, you know, spread the ball around. So like, even if they're, you know, prone to being more one dimensional than maybe some other offenses in the conference are, I think that that one dimension is going to be good enough to win some games that maybe they shouldn't in 2021 or rather that, or, or at the very least games that they wouldn't have won last year.
3: Well, that's a Justin Rice on defense. That's a big that deal. too. That um, is a big deal. Also, yeah let back, yeah, let's get back to the offense. DeMonte Henry Cole might be the running back because he was basically at three school, he did his tour of Utah last season to go from Utah to BYU to Utah State. Mm-hmm. So he, he may not be like, you mentioned like R- Turbin, Kern Williams, Jalen Morgan, guys like that. But I think he has a chance to be the starter, but I don't know if it's going to be him getting 20 plus carries a game. But exactly. as you know, Rice, Rice is back in the conference. Um, very, with Arkansas State, was what, second team, also the ball, I think, last year, was our actually our defensive player of the year before he transferred last year, last minute. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's going to be a VJ, or I can never say his name, Von, Von Vankachon, the, yeah. ta- the tackle machine their defense as well. Um They have defend DBs are back as well. They I think their teams could go through a lot of ups and downs. I'm not going to say a bowl team because I don't think that's where they're at. But like we said in our preview, they're going to be one of the more interesting teams of what they could do. Even I mentioned Savon Scarver. Two touchdowns. He's the all-time NCA all-time leading returner. If he gets mm-hmm. to eight, and he's at six at the moment, and he is, what? What? Phil's still All American. He's usually like a third or fourth team All American for what he's been doing. I just want to see him step up as a receiver and actually catch the ball more and give him the ball more. And maybe with that experience, QB, that could be the case.
2: Well, I don't think I don't think they'll need him to because I think they have enough other options and, a, and an operator who can get them the ball that he can focus on on doing what he does best interested. I just,
3: uh, maybe, maybe give him the ball, like, in a return situation, like the jet sweep for the quick pass, something like that, where he can get it and run. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I still involved a bit more, because yeah, I'm you not know, saying 12 targets a game, 8 catches for a 110, but give me 15 yards a cat, like, 4 for four for 45 or something like that is not unreasonable, I don't think, and occasional touch. All
2: right, what's your next like, kind of big surprise you have here? So, I mean, this one might be sort of debatable, but I think Dante Wright's going to lead the conference in receiving yards. It's pretty bold. Like, we had Dante, don't look at Romeo Dubs last year. I wouldn't say that. I'd say it's pretty decent surprise. And and I say that in part because, like, on a per-play basis, Dante Wright was, you know, right there, you know, with, with Dubs and, and with Khalil Shakir as being like, you know, I think he actually outdid dubs at a minimum as far as like receptions per game, and then he he outdid Shakir in terms of like receiving yards per game. Um, you know, he only played three games, and so that's why, you know, that, that twenty catches for three hundred and fifteen yards is is so deceptive. But like when you look at what he actually did in those three games, you know, he had a thirty-four percent target share that was significantly larger than that of Dubs. In uh, and, and right behind what Colise Cure got at Boise State. And I'm thinking, like, that kind of volume, combined with the lack of other, like, reliable options. Hey, you, Trey McBride's there, you know. Well, I mean, beyond beyond the obvious. <laughs> I, I guess I could purposely <laughs> okay. say that. So, like, beyond the obvious, I think that willingness to kind of just beat him the ball in the same way that we saw a couple of years ago with like Preston Williams, for example. Um, I don't think Wright's necessarily going to come out of nowhere. He's not the same kind of receiver that Preston Williams was, but I don't think it's going to matter because I think, you know, they know everybody knows he can create plays in space and that's exactly what they're going to try and do every opportunity they get. I think. Counterpoint. Steve Udazi wants to run the ball a lot
3: <laughs> and he, Had no, seems to have no clue with weapons he had last year. I know I played a couple of games, four games. I don't think he understands how to get these playmakers the ball who he has.
2: Like, I I mean, if 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 you actually look at like how often McBride and Wright got the ball, I think, I think they do know. I think it's just a matter of doing it consistently and getting quarterback play that's good enough to do that.
3: Possibly. I just remember Centennial running more than he should have versus Fresno State and stuff, and they tried it against other teams and. It's it's hard to tell in twenty three games too. It's like we play a couple of games with how well I did. Can that be a whole season? Because you could equate that to like times four, that's huge. That's eighty catches, twelve hundred yards. That totally would lead the conference in yards, which should be or close to it. Like uh. a, I guess overall it would be better. like that in this case, if you multiply by four or whatever, it'd be twelve twelve hundred yards. Heart- you're this missing change. I'm a dummy, but it would put him at the top or near the top. So it's not out of the not out of the question at all. I just don't know. We'll just see. With the quarterback they have, I don't really trust Huston Tenniel to get them the ball enough. And then if it's, they're forcing the ball to him and McBride, like the share is up there, which is a good way to get those yardage and catches and touchdowns. Teams might start to, hey, we'll cover them more and let them throw to some random second, third, fourth wide out and not, and force it to right, whether they force it to him he gets it, force it to him and doesn't work out, or they have to throw other players. But, he have he have the opportunity to get there, and it wouldn't be far fetched if he gets there. But hmm. I'd say it's reasonably bold. Okay. All right, you want a real bold one? All right, let's do it. Hawaii beats UCLA week zero. I don't trust the Bruins any at all. Zero chance. I don't trust them, even though we discussed how well they did end of last season. Durante Thomas, Robertson out there. Chip Kelly. I I don't trust them. It's a freaking seventeen point line week zero, and they got um oregon not Oregon um. LSU the next week at home.
2: That seems way too high.
3: It is way too high. I'm going like one of the games when I go, I'm going to Nevada, I think, Friday or Saturday, whatever, this weekend. Not that people care. But like there's a couple games I'm looking at, like one of my other I'll just kind of combine this with my other pick. Um maybe I didn't put it in here, but San Jose State versus USC is like a sixteen point line. I'll take the ones to cover that. Like how many close games USC had last year? They escaped versus a mediocre Arizona State team, whom people love, but the amount of minimum they're going to cover is not a problem. But, like, they, what does UCLA do to scare me? Like, look how well they coordinated last year, um, a against Nevada, and beat Nevada, who's way better than UCLA. Mm-hmm. I just don't trust UCLA to come out and beat this. Beat, I don't think they could beat, UC, beat Hawaii. I don't think they will. Nobody's hiring UCLA to be this really good team. They're this team, like, you have know, freaking Yogi Roth, who's an amazing guy, but he's also freaking packed off homer to the extreme. Watch out for the Bruins; they'll be a the top twenty-five team before you know it. I'm like, really? I don't trust them. They're gonna start going three. Like, I should probably t- toss in Fresno State; they'll beat them as well because Fresno State's better than Hawaii, I think. Heck yeah, Fresno and Hawaii beat UCLA this year. That's a bold pick, even though my okay. prediction's for yeah, a bold pick. You got to kind of go outside the norm, but I don't see why. I know the Fresno defense, as you know, leaves a bit to desi- be desired at the moment, but the offense, like. If so you're going to score points, like I don't think UCLA defense did okay in the last year, and everybody's bringing back a million, everybody like ninety percent talent is coming back, essentially in production. But I, I just don't think UCLA is that good. And same with Arizona State, who UNLV plays, but that's not a different story. But there's, like, there's a reason UCLA's picked to finish in the bottom half of Pac-12 South. Like, they're not better than Utah. They're not better than the OK Arizona State. They're not better than USC. Colorado surprised last year. Colorado's probably better than them. It's like, the only, the only team they're not they're better than is Arizona. Arizona's a piece of trash. So, I'm going to take both those teams. I don't care what FBI says where it's 83% UCLA to beat Fresno. I do not care. UCLA, I do not trust them.
2: Now, see, the real bold prediction would have just been to say, you know, the Mountain West is going to force UCLA to fire Chip Kelly by the end of September. Fine, that could to be your bold pick. Do it. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm, I mean, I'm good. I'm just saying. I would have I would have just done that and saved myself some trouble.
3: I honestly forgot Fresno was playing them until just now I was looking through a couple of things. Because uh-huh. right, here's the thing.
2: Hawaii 0-1, LSU 0-2, Fresno 0-3. Fire that, is, that is precisely my point. And then they lose at Stanford and they fire Chip Kelly. It's that's, ever- a, that's a bold prediction. <laughs> They're
3: Fine, we'll do the Pac-12 prediction. Chip, Kelly, Chip Kelly's gone before October. Is this year three of Chip Killing out there in um, Westwood? I think think it's
2: year four, is it not? I don't
3: know. Um, Is that even that bold, even though the lines say otherwise?
2: I don't think it's overly bold. It depends on how you feel about UCLA. They seem very divisive. That's my point, which means you're probably somewhere in the middle, which means you're just okay. Mm. Right? Yeah, No, I can get behind that logic. Alright, what do you got? What's next for you? So... Conversely, talking about teams beating other teams in non-conference play in particular, I think Nevada is going to be the only team to make it through non-conference play undefeated. Oh, boy. Oh, non-conference play, sorry. Non-conference play. Oh non-conference play. The only team. I'd have to look at schedules again, but they have, again, we mentioned they have Cal, at Cal, Home versus Idaho State at yeah. Kansas State, which I think is the, the biggest hurdle of all. Because I think Kansas State is good enough to, you know, they're, if they're good enough to trip up on Oklahoma, like, two years in a row, then they're definitely good enough to trip up Nevada. Um, and then, you know, home versus New Mexico State, you know, with the with the game against Boise West between there. But I think, you know, assuming that, you know, the team is stays reasonably healthy and plays up to the potential, then, yeah, they should beat all four of those teams. I think they can that's not out of the
3: question, but as the only undefeated team I need to look at the rest of the schedule but trying to think like who else would be in that mix who you must look at this more closely to me since it's your pick any other teams you're like on the edge about maybe they could do it or not do it, being undefeated?
2: I think the only other one that I think I would I could be you know, to well, I mean, we just talked about Hawaii like if Hawaii beats u c l a which I don't know that they will um then I think you know they're de- if they're good enough to beat UCLA then they're definitely good enough to beat Oregon State and then beyond mm-hmm. that they have the home and home with New Mexico State themselves and then they host Portland Ample. State so Hawaii is yeah. a decent bet um you know Wyoming and Ball State's kind of a toss up in my opinion mm-hmm. so I would, put, I would put them within the realm of possibility i would put um you know Air Force within the realm of possibility you know i think their biggest hurdle is just beating Florida Atlantic which I think is yeah. a really good team at a conference USA. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, beyond that, you know, you mentioned San Jose State at USC earlier. Like, I don't think the Spartans are going to beat the Trojans. I think they'll no. give them a good game. I just don't think they'll beat them. Same thing with, like, Fresno State and Oregon. Um, San Diego State is an interesting one. <clears throat> Excuse me? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> because because, the, because the, I think the main obstacle there is just whether or not they could beat Utah. Yes. Because I feel like Utah on paper is sort of just like a better version of San Diego State. You're not wrong. However, the only thing I'll say difference is
3: that whoever, the, well, you're not wrong, but I would say they're very similar. The only two differences I would say, offense, Utah is going to be much better quarterback, whether it's Cam Rising or um, Charlie Brewer, most likely Charlie Brewer, despite what Kyle Woodham says is going to be Charlie Brewer. Mm-hmm. Running back situation, Greg Bell, Trumps, whoever. Utah asked, they brought in like Oklahoma transfer, LSU transfer, and afford, they don't have Ty Jordan, who unfortunately died on Christmas Day last year to an accidental gunshot wound. Yeah. So those are the two situate, two often they neither have receivers I would trust. Both have pretty good tight ends. Um, that is a game I put it to watch later on, but like being a Utah guy, like as soon as they were to beat them, i kind of be bummed. But I would, again, I wouldn't be overly shocked because they almost beat BYU last year and it wasn't their offense the fault that, it, that they didn't get it done. Mm-hmm. So that, that that is a possibility, but um, yeah, that's probably. As, as I look at CSU, they play. They, that's not gonna happen. They play Iowa, but yeah, I think Hawaii Air Force and San Diego. Yeah, I think are
2: there. Playing. I think there are five teams that have a really that have a, a really reasonable chance of going unbeaten in non conference play, but I think Nevada is going to be the only one that actually does it.
3: I hope they do because they're a team want to go far. So another
2: one. It's kind of a fun
3: one. Cole Turner doesn't catch a fade touchdown. I know. I know everybody.
2: That, that's a bridge too far.
3: <laughs> he, he's
2: gonna he's gonna go out against Cal and He's gonna score a he's gonna score on a goal line thing just to spite you in, in, in week zero. <laughs> I hope he cool. does. I just went bold, a <laughs> big surprise because was he five for five last year on or something like that? It seemed like it, yeah.
3: One that it's always like stay away from the fade unless you're cool Turner. So that's a fun one. Um Try to get other. I only put a couple. We have a few more. What's another one you have here? I will think of made one so more to match you.
2: The last one I have is that I don't think anybody's gonna be able to. Nobody's going to be forced to forfeit a game. Hope not, because that would suck. <laughs> um, I think that I think that would count as a pleasant surprise.
3: Of course, these are these are all bad surprises. Utah State being wazoo—that's a good surprise, right? Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on a little bit. I think we've gone through enough surprises. We have a few things. We don't make this like a super long show. So, like I put like breakout players. Can we just say yours is Terry Wilson and move on? <laughs> no, <laughs> he's one of mine as well. So I here's a lot. I have a couple. I put one, but I went to the, I went mostly offense because that's what I do here. I see you did not mostly go offense. I had a you had a couple. I looked at that too. I'm like, well, I'll change, but. First, I'm going to ask the question, does Calvin Turner count as a breakout player if he does?
2: No, because he broke out last year. Well, we know about it. <laughs> no, okay. no, we... Personal, you, personally, I think you got to dig a little deeper on your breakout. Yeah? I, I, no, I'm okay Here's one. I have two, I think. I
3: have Lucas Johnson. Okay. That'd be a good one because, again, what he did for Nevada, I've said a million times, he was really good when he was healthy for, again, a half of a game. <laughs> Barely half of a game. Um, I did put Trey Wilson because I think he's a player that could help him. As much as I was kind of going back and forth being top five quarterback, whatever, I'm still not sure, but I still think he could have a really good season. They also put Elijah Cooks in Nevada because he didn't play last year. And then with Romeo Rudd Dubs, who's the real breakout star last year, if he comes in and compliments and you have Cole Turner, he could be that – number two, two, two slash three him and Turner, to be a guy who, if he's your number two guy and how much Nevada throws, like 65 catches for like, they could have two, multiple thousand yard receivers if he gets over 60 catches.
2: I feel like that's you're right. forgetting what Cooks did two years ago, though. What was that? 76 catches, 926 yards, eight touchdowns. I, just, I mean, that's I just, a really good year. I know, but he didn't play last year. I can't you know, even. But, but he was the number one receiver the year before that, and so like, I know, but he broke out two years ago, man. He didn't play last year. People forget. I forget. <laughs> Fine, I'll think of
3: another better one while you go through your list a little bit, because I thought that would be a pretty good one for people who. So,
2: so I took the liberty of just picking one per team, so I could just kind of run through I, them real quick. I went um, outside. So for Air Force, I think tight end Kyle Patterson is gonna be a really fascinating weapon for the Falcons this year. Um sure. for, for Boise State, uh, I'm gonna tab cornerback Tyreek Buff is a guy who could, you know, start opposite Markel Reed, see a lot of playing time on the outside and be the kind of difference maker that like guys like Jalen Walker were in years past. Uh Colorado State, um, I think running back David Bailey Seems likely to to be a maybe a more explosive option than than Ajan Bivens and Marcus McElroy were over the past couple of years. Um, but Fresno State, I think linebacker Malachi Langley, starting opposite Tyson Maeva, is going to you know take another step forward because we saw he flashed a little bit last year, but I think having a full campaign, having a full offseason to really settle into that four two five is going to do wonders for him. Um, for Hawaii, I think Corey Bethley is that that is that kind of linebacker safety hybrid. Yeah. Um he's a guy that maybe we haven't talked about enough about this offseason. I think he could make the jump to being one of the best defensive backs anywhere in the conference. Um cornerback or safety. Um Nevada, you know, left tackle Jacob Gardner started every game as a true freshman. Not easy to do when you're protecting the blind side of a potential first round draft pick. Um but, you know, he held his own, and I think he could make a jump from year one to year two. Uh, New Mexico, Dante Martin, cornerback, I think we sort of forgot that he could be pretty good. You know, he had a, I believe, an opponent's completion rate of just 35%. So, you know, with a with a full year to 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 really get his feet under the rocky long defense, you know, who knows what he could be on the outside. Like, he could be the next Aaron Hall because he's been pretty good even without that kind of comparison over the last two years. Um, San Diego State, I'm going to tab Jonah DeVi, defensive tackle. Um, he could be a nightmare kind of matchup, seeing a lot of uh, one-on-one matchups with, uh, you know, offensive linemen having to tangle with Cam Thomas and Sean Banks on the outside. Um, you know, Isaiah Hamilton, San Jose. State. Sort of really? Self-explanatory. Can, hold little, on. You give be crap
3: for, it. wait, wait, wait. You can be crap for Elijah Cooks. ACI, yeah, Isaiah Hamilton, what he did two Isaiah years ago. Isaiah
2: Hamilton has never had the kind of year that Elijah Cooks has. I don't know, but 45 catches, four touchdowns as a freshman, 718 yards. I'm just saying he's going to be a thousand yard receiver this year. Okay, that's, that's my help. benchmark Fine. for a breakout. Yeah. Um, <laughs> UNLV, UNLV center uh, Leif Leifautanu, I think he could be that next kind of big Rebels offensive lineman that's that can kind of be like the, the nasty face of that unit. Um, you know, he started every, I believe, every game. Maybe he missed one game, one starter, either uh, as a freshman. But you know, he's he is kind of like Gardner. He could make a jump from year one to year two. Uh, Utah State, I really like Justin McGriff as kind of a, a really you know nightmarish red zone target who could you know catch forty passes that have like six or seven touchdowns. Um, yeah. and that's sort of what I was referring to earlier when I talked about you know Logan Bonner and that offense being able to take a step forward. I think McGriff's going to be one of those guys that benefits the most from Bonner's arrival. And then at Wyoming, I think CJ Colden could maybe end the year, you know, in the conversation with Cortez Davis as the conference's best cornerback in particular, because uh-huh. he was, pretty he cool. was finally healthy last year. He was very effective. And so, you know, again, as, as part of that deep and dangerous defense, you know, he could be in line to take another big step forward too.
3: Okay i want you to leave with that. i try to think through, but I you went through plenty, so I think we're good there. Is okay. there any of those players that could be, like,
2: all-conference, you think, out of those guys? Out of that list? Just a Hmm. That's a good question. It's a tough um, one. To match, yep. Right there. If I had to pick a top three in no particular order, I would say Bethley, Gardner, and Colden.
0: It's only a kick.
3: Okay. I was going to say Patterson was already good tight end in the league, and that will be tough to break through with the yeah. amount of opportunities he'll have. Like he may be, if we mention a guy who might have, what, 1.8 catches per game. He might have, seriously, maybe 22 catches, but twenty two catches, but it might be 300 yards and like five four touchdowns. Exactly. Something like that the Air Force offense where efficient, good, 10 plus yards of catch and a handful of touchdowns, but not the opportunity that – like McBride or other guys will have like Coltrane or others within the conference at Hawaii or Boise State. Yeah. All right. So now let's go to top conference games to determine the title. I promise we had a staff list on this, but I can't find it at the moment. So it's going to be an article before the season begins. But when you look at, I'll see like if I can find it. We're talking here because I'm doing a couple of things here. But when we go for like games when I put in there games to determine the conference title, basically meant like who. Like, who will get to the conference title? Mm. And the West Division. Wait, did I give, um, hold on. Oh, I never gave one of my big surprises. So I'll just do it now here. I'll just say it's one of the games. I didn't say this. I thought I did. Hawaii versus Nevada will determine it because I'm going to predict, and this is, again, stupid upset surprise. You know, you know how many times Nevada has lost to Hawaii consecutively? Uh, twice in a row. Yes. I'm going to make a ball pick. It might be the third straight time. Okay. Because here's what I was talking to Bobby Curran, he spent a while a while back, and I'm like, oh, I like Nevada, blah, blah, blah. But if you remember, Hawaii beat the crap out of Nevada in Reno two years ago. Mm-hmm. He beat them last year. And so I think that could be a big game. More more, more on the side of, like, I, I think Nevada's going to win, but that's a surprise that he kind of talked me into thinking That could be a possibility. And I realistically do think it is. I'm not going to really take it. I was like, hey, if my pick, my straight-up pick for the week. I'm not going to do that. But I think that's a a kind of a bold pick. But I think that's one game out west I could decide it. Just more on the lines of Nevada not tripping up or losing and Hawaii kind of being spoiler and open up door for Aztecs, Spartans, or um,
0: Bulldogs
3: or something out there. So I think that's a top one. But, like, anything, the pick one game out west, like, your pick is great. I love your pick. We'll get to a second. But out west, I'll stick there because yours is the mountain. Like, any game, like Fresno-Nevada, First of San Jose, first of Hawaii. There's a million games that could determine the title, but I, I kind of agree with yours. And go ahead with yours, and we'll talk about that, because I think yours really makes the most sense about what really truly could determine who goes
2: to the title game. Yeah, the the West is sort of a nightmare to figure out, which yeah. is why I stayed away from it entirely. <laughs> because like, how, because you just proved my point. Like, how do you choose one? I know. Game? <laughs> With so many yeah. potential competitors, and so for me, like the the top two in the Mountain is a lot more clear cut than it is in the West. So I think the the game, especially at the juncture at which it takes place in the season, I think adds that extra little bit of leverage too. Wyoming at Boise
1: State—that's clearly, clearly a, in- a Titanic game
2: for both sides.
1: State.
3: It, it's huge. I put the safety dance gif and people got mad at me. he's like, I hate that. I'm going to block you. FYI, the guy who said that did not block us. Just so you want it, Just if you're wondering. It was all ploy. They've not blocked us yet. <laughs> but that game, it's like you're, you're, you have reasons for picking, but the reason I would pick it too is my main thing for determining that game would be Longings quarterback and passing game. Even though I think they could win without Sean Chambers throwing like 250 yards a game or 250 yards or something. You yeah, have it a reason.
2: just seems like that, that, that game in particular just seems more obvious than any game out of the West as far as what's likely to determine the, the division winner.
3: Clearly. It makes, yeah, it makes the most sense. And sometimes the easiest, most obvious
2: pick is the best pick, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you want to, if you want to kind of bend it a little bit and you want to find like one intercom, interdivision game that could make a huge difference, I mean, look no further than the fact that, that Boise State and Nevada, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the Wolfpack's conference opener. And if the Boise, it's their second conference game. And so like the winner of that game is going to have a huge edge up in, in winning their division. Totally. Um, I did find the staff list. So the most
3: important games they put on there. It was, we had Nevada, Boise State, followed by um, kind of a, a hodgepodge of everybody else, which a lot of West Division games, like Nevada, San Diego State, San Jose State, Nevada, Nevada, Wyoming, San Jose State, which is an interesting one. But basically, it's, they put Nevada, Boise State on our staff. I think I put, I may put that too, because intro division, going cross divisions is difficult, but I think people just want to stay away because, all oh, that makes the most sense. Or most, or the people thought, oh, it's just going to be a Boise, Boise State victory. Hmm. But, yeah, it, yeah, you're right. Picking West versus West is impossible. But I think there's are the right choice, Boise, Nevada, Boise, um, Wyoming. And it's because Boise is the favorite out, out in the Mountain Division. And the Mountain Division is much more clear cut with Boise, Wyoming being top two. Air Force, probably a fairly back third. CSU. And New Mexico, way back there in Utah State, not close. Mm-hmm. All right, so next we have, like, kind of likely upsets. So within our staff, because I did find – I finally found the poll, Matt, after scrambling. The most obvious one is, like, when you pick, like – San Diego State, Arizona is, like, the beyond most obvious pick because Arizona is yeah. – they're trash. They're not good. Um, as for the top four picks real quick, like, here's to the first place votes we had. And most of them were Aztecs, Arizona. Tell me what your surprise level of this is. Vandy at Colorado State. How likely is uh, that? Two. A two? A uh, two out of ten. Yeah. Not uh, surprised. Oh no, not surprised. I'm like, wait a minute, because I saw you put that as your other team there. <laughs> That's your other pick. Um, Oklahoma State at Boise State. Seven. Ooh, seven and a half.
2: You think the Oklahoma State's that good? Oklahoma State's not the same kind of team. That beat Boise a couple years ago, but yeah, they're still very good, even despite the fact they're having to replace a handful of NFL draft picks. Okay, I think you know that it'll be. I think it's likely to be a defensive slugfest, and so yeah, I mean that strikes me as the kind of game that could go either way. I'm just not entirely sure about it. They do have a
3: former Aggie running back, Jalen Warren. There, just so you mm-hmm. know. And then the other one was probably it was my pick,
2: Hawaii at <laughs> Now, see, I, I, I said it before, I'll say it again. I think Hawaii is definitely more likely to beat Oregon State than they would yeah. be to beat UCLA. I'm surprised. I, I don't think I put that on. there. Maybe I didn't. Oh, I did put that on. I wonder why I didn't pick that game. Yeah, I
3: think because Oregon State's getting better, but they beat Oregon last year. It's a big deal. We talked about it when, the, when we did the uh, Hawaii preview recently. <laughs> they are getting better, but they're not great. They're not like a punching bag of door but they might finish in a Pac-12 North. It's still tough. They're behind Washington, behind Oregon. Yeah. I'd say they might be able to contend with Cal. They're like that 3-4 spot, really, I think. Like they're better than Stanford, but mm-hmm. I think they're 3rd or 4th. But that's probably, if I had to pick one like the most likely, it's not the sexy pick, but that seems pretty obvious. Why Oregon State can get the win. Essex, Arizona. A couple other picks here, like um, Nevada, Kansas State. I don't know. Um I like your pick before, San Diego State, Utah is a possibility. But most likely... Just pick Arizona State and Oregon, right? Or not Oregon, but um, um shoot, Arizona. And I'm like, wait, like wait, I'm, I'm like, ah, blah, blah, blah. so those are most like that. There's not much I would disagree with you, like on that because it's pretty clear. So, what do you think would be if there's an upset like that's within the realm of possibility? I'm not saying like San Jose State, UCLA, or USC. What's like one game after like, whoa, that would really surprise you? But would it be, like, a major upset? Would be it be
2: a major upset?
3: Like, you'd be surprised? Well, I mean, like, what I'm getting at, I mean, let me rephrase this. Like, I don't think San Jose State is going to beat USC. Like, beyond that, like, I don't think any game is, like, not winnable. Maybe UNLV, Iowa State's not winnable. Like, what game out there would actually kind of kind of give you a big a surprise that that happened? Like, would it be a... I don't know. I don't have. I didn't have every listed here. Like Utah State, Washington State might fall into that category. Like, no, that's a f- surprising victory mm-hmm. against a P5. Like, ah. say, would it be Utah? Would that fit in that range? That's a,
2: in my opinion, it's a very narrow band of games, that I would probably throw San Jose State, USC in there.
3: Well, fine, we'll do that. My my question was bad. We can also say that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. I mean, look, like most of these games, like. They're not, like, there's very few that I'm saying there's no chance. Mm-hmm. Like, the only no-chance ones, like, if I'm going to say 100% no chance, probably just Oregon, Fresno State, and probably Iowa State, UNLV. Those are probably the only two I say zero chance. Maybe Arizona State, UNLV, but I don't like Arizona State a ton. Mm-hmm. But there's, like, only a couple I'm like, nope, not a chance, not going to happen, no way. Yeah. However, the conference will probably win, like, only five of these or something, like 5-12 and in <laughs> non-conference play. So there's that, too. So what about, like, um, we'll do some more random predictions. Oh, sorry, non-conference games, a couple that are not P5. Do we need to talk about Boise UCF at all? I mean, we're going to talk about that more at length in about a week and a half, are we not? <laughs> okay. That's probably – like, out of, all the, out of all the non-conference games, that one probably – this isn't just say so you, you guys love Boise State because we haven't talked about the Broncos very much. So, Colin, if listening, Eric and Raj, we apologize. This is your Boise State segment here, apparently. Maybe a little bit, but out of all the non-conference games, like I'm intrigued for, like it might be that one because what the what's been going on the fighting online the past couple of years, that one has a chance to be like the fan involvement back and forth is pretty high I think. So that's one of them, and that's a Thursday night game. Am I correct on that? I don't remember that off the top of my head, but that's like one I'm looking forward to. That's like one up there, one of my top ones I'm
2: looking forward to see. It oh, is yeah. Thursday, ESPN. I'm- Seven Eastern, four Pacific. I mean, there's definitely like the obvious ones like that. I, I'm more of a proponent of the ones that aren't quite so obvious, but are insanely good matchups. Go for so, like, for so, like for me in particular, it's it's the there's there's the pair of of Mountain West versus MAC games yeah. that people should watch. Like I mentioned, Ball State and Wyoming a, a, a little bit ago. That's one of them. San Jose State in Western Michigan is gonna be fun, mhm, because you know if, if you haven't paid attention to, to Western Michigan, like they've got a very very comically loaded offense um and it's so like they're gonna be a re- so it's gonna be a really good test on all sides, you know for teams that have like aspirations to repeat or you know to finally climb to the top of the mountain themselves. I like Air Force
3: Florida Atlantic that we've, we've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good possibility because they're going, when's the last time Air Force has gone to Florida to play a football game?
2: I, uh, the, the last, the last time they lost at Florida Atlantic a few years ago. Oh, did that recently? Okay, my bad. Yeah, I that, think was, they, that was the game where they could not stop their quarterback, Chris Robeson.
3: Oh uh, okay. Okay. There's that. Um that's a that's a that's a decent one that people should look out for. Um obviously Oklahoma State Boise State I think is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um there's you've already mentioned if you want to dig deep on a couple good ones, like I guess byu Boise State, that's pretty obvious, that's always a pretty good game. But I again for me, like I like like San Diego State, Utah, I'm a Utah guy that games in Carson, which I don't know how. How the heck does Wyoming Santa State and San Jose State Gilly Swamin' Homes with Utah? It's weird. But whatever, it's good for everybody involved, I think. But I think that's, we've talked about the game enough, but I think that's one of the more interesting non-coverage ones I'd like to see. Just mm-hmm. because, like mentioned, they're mirror images of each other for the most part. Offenses are just meh, defenses are really good, so. um, All right, should we get some random, finish up here with some random bets and stuff? Sure. Okay. I like this, should I save the first one for later? Because I'd like this one the most, I think. <laughs> um. Yeah, if you want to. Okay, uh, let's do this one, because this is a fun one, because well, I think Raj brought this up before. So, in the Mountain Division, are you taking Boise State or the field? I'm or Boise take? State. you did Boise State. That answered too quickly to make it easy. Well, I um,
2: mean, yeah, I, I mean, if you've listened to the podcast to this point through the summer, you already knew that was the answer. Sad. We if Things change since May, Matt. Just, to let you know. I mean, there hasn't um, been any significant injuries, and I, I make my predictions in pen. That's true, you do. I
3: may, I may make one change. We'll get to it in a minute here. I would agree with you, too, because I think Boise is better than Wyoming, and that's the only other team that really, I think, threatens the Boise State, or the only other team that can win the division. We mm-hmm. already um, kind of mentioned this. UCLA, minus 17, Hawaii, Hawaii right? Yeah, I'd take the points. What about San Jose state USC at 16?
2: I would probably take the points. Interesting. Not quite as that's confident, it. though. I'll test it right now. Fresno at Oregon State, 21. Oh, I'm 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 laying 21 with Oregon. Really? You think yeah. so?
3: You don't trust Fresno to go toe to toe to score enough points to keep it within three touchdowns. That
2: that Ducks defense is scary, dude. We got JK Kane or Ronnie Rivers. Come on, and and in a, a questionable offensive line. You arguably have the best quarterback and running back on the field in that game. Just saying. I mean, so, I I understand what you're saying. I'm just I have some trepidation. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's fine So, so I shouldn't, I shouldn't put, for, cut, get, pick Fresno State When I go through this weekend That is entirely up to you I, I hate your answer when you say that That's usually a hard no Because that's what you're going to say Because when you say it's up to you You're like I'm not touching that game <laughs> Okay Did you know did, Okay you already saw this but who's So the longest winning streak in the Mountain West Is the Mexico and Nevada two games each Did you know that before I wrote that down
2: I thought Nevada lost to San Jose State in their regular season finale. But, oh, crap. Let me double-check real quick. I thought they won their bowl game and something
3: else. Shoot. Okay, regardless, this, may, this won't change my answer. Because do you think, because when you look at the schedule here, you have, crap, I'm terrible. Yeah, Nevada This doesn't three blow up one. my thing. Oh. Is there some, is this some side two games? Because San Jose State lost, Boise State lost the final game. There's not. Maybe it was some other team I was looking at. Okay, but New Mexico plays Houston Baptist will so probably be a victory. Mm-hmm. Do you think I'm going to say right now New Mexico will have the longest winning streak this season overall, or continuous winning streak dating back to last year?
2: Uh I would bet against that because even if they get to what four straight wins, mm-hmm. uh, they're gonna they're gonna lose to Texas A&M. What? Nevada's Nevada's gonna surpass them by mid October. You think Nevada will have a four game winning streak? Yes, I think Nevada's gonna have a six-game winning streak. Oh, what about Boise State? No. no. Oh, I, actually, yeah, I think Boise State's gonna have a s- one, two, three, four, five, seven, seven-game winning streak. Six- well, I guess if
3: you were scheduled in the front, you'd be like, I could have had two a moment. Yeah, to go. That's that's a I, the way the reason I put that in there because the West Division is very difficult, as we know. But you're also it's like gonna kind of depends who plays who. I do have that as well because I have, like Nevada winning a bunch of games. I thought that would be a fun thing to throw to Mexico a bone saying they have a two-game winning streak and they're the longest one at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if they get a four-game winning streak, that would be the longest in a while for the for Lobo. So That's true. I'm going, to go, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say it's not going to happen, but I just thought that would be a fun one to do. All right. Um, the Mount Westside game will not have Boise State or Nevada.
2: Oh, man. I don't even know what kind of odds you'd have to give me to take that. <laughs> um,
3: and Nevada. That or, sorry, not or and. So anybody but those two. Will those two not? Basically, I'm asking: Will those two teams not be in the title game? No. You wouldn't take that. No. So you're not. So you're you're not. You're not fond of a Wyoming versus a state championship game.
2: As, I mean, funny, St- as, as fun as it would be, I just don't think it's going to happen.
3: Who's more likely to be there's a Boise State because of the weaker division? Probably. Yeah. See, I thought that good. Ones. That would that'd be a huge number to take, and so that was a kind of a okay, good one, up. All right, so um, this one's zero. So you go with this. I see you put one in there.
2: Well, I just added a little bit of context to mm-hmm. your Got random bet. Gotcha. <laughs> of course, my random thing.
3: Nevada goes to New Year's Six Game in undefeated.
2: And and I pointed out, and this may have come up during one of the team podcasts or other, but I so according to F plus, which is you know from the the most recent football outsider's almanac, mm-hmm. the only team in the conference given any kind of chance to go unbeaten is Boise State. And that chance is still just one percent. <laughs> um Nevada is given a three percent chance to get to ten and two, which, you know, according to that projection is sort of like their, you know, that left end of the bell curve, if you will. So um I mean, I mean, I, I want to, but like picking a team to go to undefeated is hard, man. There's I'm, there's a reason like one team does it every year out of 130.
3: Sure. Okay, I I I'm gonna go with it. It's gonna happen. I'm gonna call. It. I I don't care. They're gonna do it. I like. Okay. It. Okay. One is stupid. Um. Okay. Two more offensive player. The will not be a quarterback.
2: Ooh. I mean, we just got talk, done talking a little bit ago about how there's so many good quarterbacks in the conference. <laughs> Um, so quarterback of the field, I would take quarterback.
3: Okay, but if it's not a quarterback, who, my pick would be, it'd um, be a running back, because unless Romeo Dubs, here's the thing, if Romeo Dubs has an amazing year, it's mostly, it's gonna more credit to Carson Strong. Mm-hmm. Unless Dubs has like, four kick returns or something, you know what I mean? But then again, that's not offensive play, they're at special teams. So, Dubs really can't be part of it. It's gonna be a running back. It's gonna be running back on a good team. If I were to pick out of anybody running backs, there's so many good backs. You have Charles Williams, you have Xavier Valdez, Ronnie Rivers, a lot of good backs in the conference. I, I think I would go if it's not, it'd be Fresno State, Ronnie Rivers, because they'd have to probably win the division. He seems like the most likely because what he can do catching and running the ball. But yeah. like Cameron, or maybe Xavier Valdez or George Solani. Those are the top three I'd go if
2: it's not a quarterback. So what, when was the last time a, a non-quarterback was the Offensive Player of the Year? Because last, last year was strong. Two years ago was Josh Love. I'm going backwards right now. Three years ago was Brett Rippin. Um, you have to go yeah. back to 2017. McNicholas? Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny, okay. And then in 2016, Donnell Pumphrey. Yeah. Who did it in back-to-back years. Twice in six years, essentially. Five, six years. Um, three years in a row, but not for several years now. But so they're right? That's what you're saying? So it's it's been done before. It's just, you know, one of those things where, you know, sort of maybe a fifty fifty proposition. So what what fifty what side of the coin are you laying on then? Yes or no? Um i well I already said I'm I'm taking I'm taking a quarter side of that coin. I was asking, I'm taking QB as well. Here's the last one. I think
3: this one's the best one. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's hard. The West Division Champion has conference losses. I put it two and a half. Are are they gonna have three losses or more or fewer losses? Like, basically, I'm
2: taking the under, under on that just based on history. Um, because a three loss division champion has happened only twice during the current division format. And that was, the, yeah, uh, logic. the, the <laughs> aforementioned very strange six and eight president state Bulldogs back in 2014. Um, yes. and the 2019 San Diego state Aztecs. Okay. I mean, I think the West is going to be rough and tumble, but I think it's, you know, we've, we've seen it before. Like, you know, what was the, the year, I think it was what 2016 where the mountain division had four teams that won 10 games. You know, really even that time. year, even that did? year, the division winner had, uh, I believe, one or two losses. So, um, you know, as wild as it is to think about, I think it's likely that somebody's going to emerge.
3: I would think so. It's, I just think that i like, I want to be shocked if it's a five and three champ part and it, because of being division stuff, like that's why the Nevada Boise team could be so huge because Nevada, in addition to playing Urban West, they got Boise State, mm-hmm. which is very difficult. So I, I want to lean with, I'm going to lean with you, but I don't, uh, I have to leave with you because I think Nevada's going like, to go undefeated
2: and I like them a lot. So you think Carson Strong is probably going to repeat? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
3: why not? Sure, yeah. Okay. Sure. Final thing of the show before we wrap it up. Conference title game and winner. We have two things here. Let's do 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 we Dark Horse or actual conference. Let's do Dark Horse let's, first. Let's do the
2: Dark Horse first, yeah.
3: My pick, and you put the odds in here, Fresno State, which is plus 2,500, to beat Wyoming, which is plus 800. I like because again, Fresno again. You have your concerns with Fresno's line and defense. I think they can outscore anybody they play. Just about and all Wyoming really has to do is beat Boise State in the red. Mm-hmm. Not only, but relatively speaking, you go pretty well with your mountain pick here. I like it.
2: <laughs> well, okay, so so hear me out for a second. Um, <laughs> the, the reason I the reason I did this is because I'm thinking like. You know, who are the interdivision opponents, who especially, you know, who gets who at home, things like that. So I went with San Diego State over Colorado State. And and the reason I picked that is because I sort of envisioned a scenario where it's like, okay, if these teams are gonna fully realize themselves as dark horses, they're gonna do it in the exact same way. They're gonna yeah. win a bunch of games with a with a you know, a less than flashy, like super unassuming offense that is that is functional ground-based, efficient, not necessarily very explosive, which means that both teams solve their quarterback problems. They get solid, if not spectacular, all-conference type of play from that position, and they combine it with tremendous defense. So basically, like, what I'm envisioning in that scenario is more or less, like, two versions of, like, the 2018 Aztecs, you know, the, the last team that like, go in and, and win 10 games and win a conference title out there in San Diego. Okay because I see them both potentially following that path. You know, they both get Boise state at home, which I think is critical. Um You know, they, they both get most of their toughest, you know, division opponents at home as well. So like the Aztecs get both Fresno state and Nevada at home, Um Colorado state, you know, they, they do travel to Laramie for the bronze boot, but you know, they also get air force at home. They get San Jose state at home. So I just, I see that as like, you know, if we're talking dark horses, we're talking about teams that aren't necessarily, like, you know, the betting favorites, which is... Yeah, I was tempted to throw San Jose State in there, but, like, San Jose State is plus 500, and so that to me, that doesn't really smack of, like, being a true dark horse. But, you know, if both teams can do what they want to do, which is, you know, basically beat opponents into submission week after week, um, it's within the realm of possibility. Stranger things have happened. Okay. So, okay, that... Have they done the conference to win the division?
3: I guess the Mexico tying in a couple of years ago would fit that category, right? Yeah. Wyoming, the upstate, and Boise State that same year, I guess, as well, right, with Josh Allen and the safety dance?
2: Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a potential rock fight of a conference championship, but it would be really fascinating to watch. I don't think it's going to happen. 10-6, come I don't want 10-6. <laughs> Just, you know, bludgeoning each other for 60 minutes or something. I don't think that's gonna happen though. I think Boise State's gonna win the conference over Nevada.
3: Okay, okay, that's your pick. My pick, if you pay attention, Nevada over Boise State. Because, I like Nevada. It'll be, Nevada beating them twice in the same year to be difficult.
2: Yeah, I mean, picking picking Boise is dreadfully boring, but... Yeah. It is. Um, but, you know, like last year wasn't like the greatest year for them. You know, they, they dealt with COVID. They dealt with a number of injuries. They were never a hundred percent and yeah. they still managed to, to kind of hang around with San Jose State in that conference championship for you know, the better part of three quarters until the Spartans were able to pull it away, pull away late. You mm. know, given it, given an overall better bill of health, given, you know, you know, reinforced transfer portal given young contributors on both sides of the ball that are ready to step up. Um, yeah. Like, you know, Boise, I think they're going to take their lumps in non-conference play, but this is a team that's good enough, like, even if they have a setback conference play, like, don't forget, I think they're going to lose to Nevada in the regular season. But I think they're going to find a way to emerge from the Mountain Division anyway and, and return the favor in the conference championship, essentially.
3: Okay. So, there's a couple Twitter stuff we had when we answered some of these, but one I guess we asked like bold picks, predictions, questions, whatever. Um, let's see, no surprise surprises wins the West. That's not possible. I think it's a possibility. I don't know how big of a surprise that is. I guess by media polls, but I'm confident they have a chance to win the West potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is a futures one because we wrote this or our buddy Josh did about the early 2022 draft. Trey McBride will be the highest drafted player of the Mountain West next season besides Carson Strong. I guess I need to favor that and come back to it in eight months. We'll see how that <laughs> interesting, but uh it's a tight end. Um, I don't think about it, but uh I'm not sure at the moment. If Dubs comes out, Dubs might be higher. You know what I mean? Elijah I mean, there was a
2: tight end that went in the top ten a couple of years ago. And That's five. all I'm saying. Well, Pitts
3: last year went like number five, wasn't he? From Florida. Oh
2: damn! Man. I didn't forget about Kyle Pitts. Someone I'm going to drop him on my fantasy team this year. <laughs> there you go. go for it. Uh, okay.
3: okay, here's a bold fun prediction. Air Force upsets undefeated and nationally raked Nevada at Reno. Hmm. Right? <laughs> we don't like that at all. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one, though. That is a good one because that, off, that offense, triple option, causes issues, man. Uh, let's see. Bold prediction, Nevada. What uh, more draft picks okay this one's really bold we had Quinn David Lightfoot a lot of these on Twitter here Nevada will have two players picked in the first round of next year's draft and six players drafted overall again favorite I'll come back to it eight months two in the first round would that be Carson Strong likely and then Romeo Dubs I'm guessing yeah okay and then one person said they're going to block us which yet they've not blocked us so
2: cool I mean as as long as we don't spam that gif I think everybody can get along I haven't used it in a long time. It's for excitement repurposes only, right? Like an emergency. Exactly. Book. We're like, we're on the doorstep of the season. We're recording this. We're nine days away from kickoff. Yeah, we'll have. The yeah. next time you hear from us, we'll be talking about week zero. Week zero. So let's get to this really
3: quick. Um, actually, one thing I didn't bring up we should do really quick. I know we're running long here, but how to watch Mountain Football. Remember, CBS Sports Network. Mm-hmm. Only CBS for three games, including that 9 a.m. local kick San Diego State. Is it Boise at San Diego? Is that the one? I think it is. Uh yeah, I believe so. On Black Friday, I think that's that the day too. Um so CBS, CBS Sports Network, um, obviously all the Fox channels, FS one, F S two. At the moment there were Fox games. There's been a couple FS two announcements. Um, Spectrum, pay per view Hawaii. It's the what it? crap. I saw the guy on Twitter who does the TV I believe stuff. I
2: that's Team One Sports again.
3: Yeah, it <laughs> is right. Yeah, you have Team One Sports. Um, we will we'll have all
2: the information you'll need to watch your late night Hawaii this year I promise you that
3: I'm just, I am just going to run through right now Team One Sports I just remember last year I couldn't get on my TV for Roku so that's a concern a little bit because it might be only um, I mean here it is right now Okay, <laughs> as it as says in big bold there are no streams on desktop computers or any connected TV device for Amazon Fire Apple TV, Roku, etc you must stream on a tablet or mobile device how lame is this? Matt, how do we get around this? Can we just cast our screen over it, right? We'll that's to,
2: we'll, we should just talk to a tech expert and see what we can do.
3: I honestly I think what you can do is if, um, don't, cause you can't do the Chromecasting, like the device in the corner to send it, beam it to your TV, but I know you can send your phone to your TV mm. and open up whatever you want. So that might be an option. Um, whatever, right? That's, I do have a new iPad and that's big enough, but it's still kind of lame, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, also, there's games on stadium. And then check whatever ESPN games we have when it's road games. So that's how you watch Mountain West this year really quick. Um we'll have all the info for SEC Network, ESPN Plus. Fingers crossed, so we're lucky you no know Paramount Plus games at least this fall so far. No. <laughs> Not this you year. got that so. going for us? Ugh, maybe. Anything else you need to add about, this show, about the preview season? We're doing our shows, what, twice a week? Previews recap starting probably a week from now? Yeah. Top 50 list is basically done. It'll be done in a couple days here. I'm assuming once I send you more graphics on my yeah. end. Uh, apologies. But, uh, yeah, check it out. We'll have previews. We'll have all the stuff coming up, what you normally expect. And, um, yeah, we'll have Josh doing his gambling post every week so we can see how he does, if you want to follow along or not. There's that. But, yeah, that's it for our giant preview show. I honestly don't know how long this is because I had to wait to stop a couple times. I have to edit a few things. But uh, mwr.com. Check it out. Listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the site. Do all that fun stuff. Follow um, us on Twitter @mwcwire. And Matt, we're here next week. We'll be talking actual games, a handful of games next
2: week. We made it. We made it after last year and this year. Back into it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, folks. We'll
1: see you next time. Enjoy your weekend. Football is here.